0: Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at c3citylight.com or on social media at C3 City light. So a couple, I can't remember if it was a few weeks or might have been two months ago, a buddy of mine, uh, he moved here, him and his wife moved here, Jonathan and Luana, they moved here to help us plant the church. They left their jobs in the comfort of Atlanta, big city living, to come to, like, big-ish city living, right? Raleigh's kind of got a little big-town vibe, but it's got a small-town vibe to you. And they came here, and they bought this house, and it's a beautiful house, but they have this great vision for it, like Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? They're like, like, hey, we're going to rip that. Oh, don't tear down the shiplap. Let's salvage it, right? And they got this beautiful vision for this house. They've opened up their doors. We've had multiple dinner parties there, even this past week. And one of the things that they had in this vision of the house is there's this... Um, What's the, I'm going to be polite here. I'm going to be polite and choose my words carefully. The shack. You know, in its prime, it was a beautiful work shed. But, you know, time has gone by, and time has been brutal to the shed. And so they had a vision. We're going to take this thing down, open up this backyard. we got a kid, and they're going to run around and have a good time. And said, so, hey, Stuart, you help me tear that thing down. I got you, man. I'd love to help you tear that thing down. And so we came up with the plan. And how many of you make a plan? And sometimes reality is different than the plan. And so um, we got there, and I thought we were going to start from the top and work our way down, but we started working on the roof, and it didn't want to come apart. And so we took out the side, which took away a, a lot of stability. I said, like, all right, well, we still got the center support and the, side, like the beams on the side, so I'll climb up and start taking the weight off the roof, because I don't want it to fall on top of our head. So let's get, you know, the more things off above our head that we can take down, the better. Less likely something will fall and hit us in the head. Don't tell OSHA, but this is recorded. Yeah, we don't have hard hats on. We're just, you know, slinging a hammer, slinging a sledgehammer, making it happen. And so we get through it. I'm taking the top. And the more I'm, like, messing with the top and trying to – some of them were screwed. Some of them were nailed. And it was just a hodgepodge. This roof was a wreck of how – I mean, it was steady. It wasn't going anywhere. I think it will be there when Jesus comes back. We should have just blown it up with dynamite. But we didn't. We didn't. And so as I'm standing on top of it, it's like, this ain't going to work. And so I climb down, and me, Jonathan, and his nephew, we just – Keep taking out, it's like Jenga. We're just taking out pieces from the middle, taking out pieces from the middle until finally it's just standing on a couple of the corner pieces. And we're like, all right, we're gonna get to the side and we're gonna rock it. So we start rocking it and it's swaying. I mean, it's straight up, just like this huge shed is just swaying. And it's like, man, we gotta push it harder, it won't fall. So I was like, I've got a rope at the house, we'll tie it around a couple of the corner pieces. And then from the safety of the length of this rope, we'll just pull it like tug of war. Thing will fall right down, done. No, well, it's, it's, you know, you live five minutes away. That's such a long ways. Like, let's not even use the rope. Hmm, we saw a water hose. So we tied off a water hose, tied it around, tied a really good knot on the water hose, right? Right around the corner pieces, two of them. And then the three of us just started pulling that water hose. How many of you know that the purpose of that water hose is not to be a toe strap? it's just not it was created to get water from point a to point b and we repurposed it now i'm happy to testify and to tell you today that no one died no one got seriously no one even got injured there might have been a scrape or whatever no one got injured injured no one's really bleeding no one got injured But the purpose of that water hose was not to be used as a toe strap. And what I found in life that if we don't know our purpose, the world will use us to do something totally contrary than what we were created and designed to do. I promise you right now, the amount of stress and tension I put on that water hose was not what it was created to carry. Now, it worked and we were fortunate, but good grief, that could have gone south real fast. And I found it in our life that if we don't know our purpose will be used for something totally different, and we'll miss what God has designed us to do. Last week, we talked about the resurrection power of God and how he rose from the grave, and because he rose from the grave, I can rise in my own life, not just after eternal life, but today, it affects all areas of my life, dreams that are dead, difficult situations. God, it might look like it's dead, but with God, nothing's impossible, and he has the power to resurrect dead things. So we talked about eternal life. We talked about how we were dead in our sins, and he resurrected us and made us alive in Christ. And I'm going to finish the end of that chapter. We were reading John 20 last week, and I'm going to finish the last two verses of that chapter. Now, Jesus, this is John 20, verse 30 and 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So John wrote down these things so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Savior, he's the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in his name. The whole purpose of John's book was central to that, that by understanding who God is, we can believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by believing, we can have eternal life in his name. Even in John seventeen three, he says, this is eternal life that you may know me. It's all about knowing Jesus. It's all about knowing who he is, believing him by faith and letting him transform our life. The whole book is about that. There's these amazing miracles. Like John would make a theological point and then back it up with like several miracles, just proving it. Jesus said that. And look how he proved it. Now, by seeing this, you can believe. Our life has the same purpose as the book of John, that people can look at our life and that by looking at our life, they can believe that Jesus is the son of God. If he can resurrect our life, if he can heal our life, if he can transform our life, if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Your life is like a living, breathing gospel. It is a witness that God is alive in you. That's the purpose you were created for. Just like that water hose, you weren't created to be a toe strap to pull down a building. You were created for a purpose, and we are created that when God made us new, when we become alive in Him, we begin to discover our purpose. So we can't help but shine our light because we have been made to shine. Anybody know the purpose of a light bulb? To shine. Now, we can choose to turn it off when we don't want it to shine, but it wasn't created to be turned off. It was created so at the right time it can be turned on and shine. That's our purpose. We were created to shine, so shine. Once we believe that Jesus has risen, we join his purpose to shine his light in our life to others. You can't help but shine. You can't help but shine. So today, our key verse, and it's one of the key verses of our scripture, if you, or of our church. If you checked out our website, you would have read this. I mean, the whole name of the church is City Light because of this verse. We ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want us to look like as a church? Read this verse. Oh, okay. So here you go. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. You can't help but shine. If you've become alive in Jesus, you can't help but shine. It's who you are what's that song? Is it Rihanna or is it Beyonce? I forget. Shine bright like a diamond. Is that in anybody's else's head other than mine? Like I'm trying to preach and All I can hear is that song shine bright like a diamond. I'm not going to, but that's this that was inspired by God. What do they realize that or not shine bright like a diamond. You can't help but shine. You can't help it. It's the soundtrack of our life. We can't help but shine bright like a diamond. So there's two points. Number one, Love made me do it. Anybody remember that movie as a kid, Problem Child? That dude was a terror. He came out of the pit of hell with red hair. Ah! That's mean to say. But then the whole point of this movie is this little kid terrorizes a whole city. People see him and run, right? But what happened? The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. And that's a throwback of some comedian back in the 70s. Flip Wilson, flip somebody. And it was this whole bit was the devil made me do it. I know, like I know that because I have grandparents. <laughs> but the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. And so many times, even in my life, why did you do that? Oh, the devil made me do it. No, the devil did not make me do that. But what I found is we think that way. Well, being a light for Jesus, the devil ain't gonna make you be that. The devil ain't gonna make you do that. Love makes us do it. Point number one: Love made me do it. Love made me do it. Love made me shine. Love made me shine. The first idea of this is, first, love made us new. It made us new. We were dead in our sins. We were dead in our transgressions, like the mistakes we've made. We were dead in our separation from God. We were dead, completely dead. And God made us alive in Jesus. Love made us new. Not just the old, cleaned up, better version of ourself. Like, it's not like a house that you just paint, put a new coat of paint on. Like a fixer-upper. Here, more shiplap. Put some paint on it. No, we're not. He didn't make us look better. He made us completely brand new. He tore down that house with TNT, blew it completely up, and built a new one on a solid foundation. Love made us new. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Or if I want to be cool like President Trump, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Man, my man took some hits for that. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. That's one of the biggest things we celebrate during baptism. The old man is staying in that water. It's buried just like Jesus was buried. But just like Jesus came out of the grave, I'm coming out of this water, and the old man's staying there, and the new man's walking out. And when people get baptized today, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to clap. We're going to cheer after each one comes out of the water because the old man is staying down and the new man's coming out of there. And it's a glorious thing. But we're not just a better version of ourselves. We're new. Love made us new. Love made me do it. One, by making me new. And then two, love compels us. Love compels us. Love compels us. I read a wonderful thing on, I forget if it was Instagram or Facebook, and the person happens to be sitting in this room. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And last night, I think it was around 9, they had an opportunity to be used by God. They had an opportunity to help somebody out that needed help. I can tell you this, it wasn't the devil that compelled them to do that. It was love. They saw something, something inside of their heart stirred and said, I can do something about that. I can do my part to be the answer love compels us. So they were able to meet that gentleman's needs, help him out. And now that guy's loved and his needs are met and he's on about his way. Love compels us. That's what it looks like to shine bright like a diamond. That's what it looks like to shine our light before man. So people see our good works and they don't glorify us. Oh, you're so awesome. Way to go. You're the best person in the world. Look how many puppies you've adopted from SPCA. You're the best. No, people see our good works and man, what is up with that person? Oh, they got the love of God. They can't even explain it. No one's that good. Man, they must see their good works, and then, man, God must be involved in this thing. We're created to shine. But number one, love made me do it, Firstly, love makes us new, and then secondly, love compels us. Being alive in Jesus and having a personal relationship with God. I'm not talking about some religious facade. I go to church at Christmas. I go to church at Easter. I go to church when I need something from God. I pray when I need something. But like having a personal relationship, like I want to know God. The creator of the universe has made himself known to us through Jesus. I want to know him. I want to talk to him. I want to walk with him. I want to be used by him. That is what it looks like. And as we're walking with the relationship with God, his Holy Spirit, once we become alive through Jesus, by putting our faith in him, he puts the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's a deposit. It's like a money down guarantee that I'm going to put this money down and this is mine. So when we put our faith in Jesus, he puts the Holy Spirit inside of us and it's a money down guarantee that he's coming back to get us he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He's given us a third of the Trinity living inside of us. He ain't going anywhere. And when we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, the Holy Spirit nudges us to be more like God. Anybody ever done anything wrong? And you were like, I shouldn't have done that. Ooh. As soon as you said it, or as soon as you thought it, you're like, Ooh, ah, ah, feel sticky. Shouldn't have done that. Like, what is that? Why did I, it's the Holy Spirit. Hey, that's not the best of God for your life. Come on, don't settle for that. Don't settle for that. Come on, you got this. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. Hey, you're in right standing with God. You're a child of God. You're not like that, what you used to be. You're new. You're a new creation. It convicts us of righteousness. It convicts us of sin. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Come on, man. I really shouldn't have lied to the IRS on my taxes. What's that feeling? It's the Holy Spirit. So it convicts us of righteousness. It convicts us of sin. And lastly, it convicts us of the judgment to come. One day, God's coming back. Glorious day, right? We were just that he's coming back. He's coming back for his believers. He's going to resurrect everybody, not just believers, but unbelievers. And we're either going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell. There's coming back. There's a judgment. And the Holy Spirit reminds us of that. So when we're making decisions, He's, he's reminding me that I'm righteous. He's reminding me, Ooh, that's sin. I shouldn't be doing that. That's going to pollute me. That's going to mess me up. That's going to trip me up. I don't need to be lying. I don't need to be trying to keep up all these stories. Like, no, be honest and virtuous. The Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lastly reminds us that God's coming back and he's going to judge us. Point number two. So number one, love made me do it. And then point number two, we have to choose to shine. It's a choice. It's a choice. Choose to shine. Every single one of us were made with the, with the switch. We have a switch, and it's the switch of faith. We can turn it on, or we can turn it off. Look at this, this verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Let it shine. It's a choice. Sometimes we've got this light of God shining inside of us, full of faith, full of hope. And because we're scared or because we're timid, we don't want to step out in faith. And we put that hope, we put that light under a little bowl. And maybe a glimpse pops out here and there. Oh, the bowl shifted and people saw that I'm a believer. Oh, the bowl shifted and people saw that I have joy. But for the most part, because if we're timid, we just hide that light and we keep it under a bowl. He says, let it shine. It's a choice. Let it shine. Turn that flip, flip that switch. Turn that switch on. I'm going to let it shine. When I go to work, I'm going to let it shine. When I go to the gym, I'm going to let it shine. When I'm eating dinner with my neighbors, I'm going to let it shine. I've got the hope of glory inside of me. I'm going to let it shine. It's a choice. It's a choice. So God has lit my lamp, and I can either conceal it or I can reveal it. It's that simple. I can either conceal what God's done in my life. I can put it under a basket. It's like the little song we're teaching Charlotte. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. And Charlotte's like, oh, no, I'm going to let it shine. It's a choice. I'm not going to hide and conceal what God's done in my life. I'm going to reveal it. Put it on a stand, put it at a place of prominence in my life, put it in a place where the world can see it. I'm not ashamed. Jesus saved me from my sins. I'm going to shine and let others see the hope that we have. No, you don't have to wear a Christian T-shirt. You don't have to get a Christian bumper sticker on your car. You don't have to wear a WWJD bracelet. You don't have to do any of that. All you got to do is let it shine and be compelled by love. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you, man, I need to help them out. Do it. And how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit? Real simple. Does it contradict scripture? Okay, so let me just give you an example. Let me give you a point. Uh, You're driving on the road. You see someone broke down. Okay. I feel like the Holy Spirit's prompting me to go change their tire. Okay. Well, how do I know that's God? Maybe the devil made me do it. Maybe the devil's trying to tempt me into, like, going and changing their tire and helping them. So is it a good thing to think about? Does it produce the fruit of the Spirit? Is it thoughtful and kind? Is it a good thing? Is it a good deed? Then it ain't coming from the devil. It's coming from God. And when he prompts our heart and when he stirs up our spirit. If it doesn't contradict spirit, if it doesn't contradict the Bible and it does and it's something that seems like it's going to produce the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. Hey, you got a green light. Go for it. Is God speaking me to do this? Is it a good thing? Then yeah. Are they going to see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven? Well, then yeah, do it. But we've got a choice. We can either conceal it or we can reveal it. Conceal it by hiding it under a basket or reveal it. One of the best examples I can think of for this, it always happens at the most inconvenient times. Come on, man. Sometimes serving God, is just, it, costs you, it costs you something. It's a sacrifice, you know? And I remember there was this woman at the grocery store not too long ago, and she was right behind me. And as soon as she came up, I just heard this really, like, bad attitude. And she's just like, well, you got to go ahead and get out of my way. I got I things to do. I was like, lady, I got 10 items, you know, like, I'll be right out of your way. But I heard there was so much pain, and I was like, come on, I'm having a great day. Don't come over to my side of the register and just ruin it. I'm having a great day. Well, what's going on? I can tell you feel sad. Well, I just got in a car wreck on the way to the grocery store. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then the person ran off. So they hit you and ran? Yeah, and the cops, they don't know what to do because I didn't get the license plate. No, and this lady's going through this huge cat, 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 catastrophic event in her life. Of course, she's got a little bit of a bad attitude, right? And so um, as I was sitting there checking out, like I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me, buy her groceries and see if she'll let you pray for Because she started talking about her neck was hurting because they hit her in the back and then ran off. And her neck was hurting. She's like, I think I'm going to go to the hospital to try to figure out what's wrong with my neck. So as we were sitting there, I was like, all right. All right, Holy Spirit. Like, I've kind of got things to do, places to go, places to be. But I'm just going to take a break. So I checked out, and then she was running her groceries through it, And I was like, hey, I'll be glad. Can you give me, how much is it? And I just gave the lady my card, swiped it before she had any time to reject it. I was like, I just want to buy your food because I feel like you're having a really crummy day. You just got ran into. Your neck's hurting. You're about to spend some time at the hospital. I just want to buy your food. Is that okay? Yeah. No one's turning that. Sure sure. My day's looking up. Thanks. But then after we got past there and we were about to walk out of the grocery store, I was like, you know, I know God loves you and I know he's got a plan for you and he really cares about you and you're really valuable to him. But would it be okay if we just pray for your neck? I don't want you to have any like lasting repercussions from getting in a wreck. It totally wasn't your fault. They just ran into you and then left. Can we pray? Would that be okay? Are you kidding me? I could certainly use some prayer. I need God on my side. So here I am in the middle of this, we're gro- right in front of the grocery store and just get to pray with this lady. And I it was simple. It's probably like a 10-second prayer. Dear Jesus, help my friend. She got in a wreck. Her neck hurts, but you're in control. Touch her neck now. I don't know this lady had ever been to church. She didn't really seem like a fan of God, but she seemed like a fan of people trying to help people. She's crying. She's happy. I told her about the church. Hopefully one day she'll come. But that's not the point. The point is it gave me an opportunity to just choose to flip my switch on, turn my light on, not to not to conceal what God's done in my life but to reveal it and put some hope in this lady's heart. Every single day of our life we have opportunities to do that. You have an opportunity at work, you have an opportunity with your kids you're raising, you have an opportunity and you can either choose to conceal what God's done in your life or you can choose to reveal it and to share it and to shine it and to shine bright like a diamond. This isn't super complicated but it's profound and it has the power to transform your life when you just say yes to allowing God to use you. Some of the greatest moments of influence you'll ever have are things that you're already doing today. Any T-ball coaches in here? Any little league coaches? Yeah. You've got the opportunity to mold and to shape young minds. Choose to turn that flip, flip that switch, choose to turn it on. I'm going to shine the light of God into these kids coaching swim lessons. Mold and shape those kids. At work, those young co-workers that are looking to you to figure out like how to navigate that job. Choose to turn on your, your switch. I'm going to reveal the love of God. You don't have to preach to them. Just I'm going to be full of hope, full of grace, full of love, and I'm going to encourage them. And at some point, they're going to ask, why are you doing this? Because God changed me. And if he changed me, he can change you and he wants to change you eternity can be drastically changed because you chose to let your light shine. That's the invitation of C3 City Light. That's what we want to do. We don't want to just choose to turn our light on a faith for one hour a week on a church service, but Monday through Saturday, everywhere we work, play, live, study, everywhere we're choosing to turn our light on, we're going to let the goodness of God shine. We're going to let the light of God shine through our life but make no mistake about it. We're very passionate about that here, but we can't do it just by trying really hard. We have to do it by letting love make us new. Love made me do it. Love makes us new. The love of God transforms you. He doesn't just clean you up and make you a better version of yourself. He takes you from death to life. Rise and shine. When we come alive in Jesus, we're fully able to live at our purpose. What we were intended to do, and that's to shine the love of God everywhere we We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.